Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to this week's episode of the Baseball Together podcast. This week we have a lockout update. Juan Soto's looking for a whole bunch of money. And we're going to go through the Mets Mount Rushmore right now. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome to another episode of the Baseball Together podcast. I am back and I am Brad. And as usual, I'm joined by our guy, Brig. Welcome, Brig. How are you today? Sup? I heard the kids say that recently. I don't even know what that means. What's up, baseball family? We're rocking it (laughs) old school today. We are, yeah. No video today. Um, because we had some technical difficulties. Uh, we're kind of going on a whim and a prayer here that this is going to actually work for us because uh, this is not a setup we've done in a while, right? Correct. It's, <laughs> it's been a long, it's been a long yeah, time. it's been a been long time. But it's gonna, like 100 episodes or so, but it's been, it'll be awesome. It'll be great. I'm very excited about it. It'll be fantastic. But hey, Brig, let's go ahead and get started because we have a lot to get into this week as far as the lockout goes. Um, some good, some bad, some ugly. Here we go. Hold on. Okay, first I, we off, have to pause. We say that okay. every week. Have you noticed? We're like, we, we have to get into week. this because we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just getting it's getting a little bit tiring, uh, at least on it this is end. Tiring. You're right. That uh, and right. I know everybody else is feeling that way, but my goodness, these people have got to figure it out. You're right. Okay, let's get in the lockout because there is legitimately some to talk about here. Break. Like, no, I know. Yeah. So much. Okay. <laughs> and and I, I continue to be amazed that there is so much to talk about despite inactivity, right? I know. Me too. So, <laughs> but anyway, so the MLB uh, PA and MLB met last week again as they were supposed to. However, the meeting only lasted 15 minutes. 15 whole minutes, Brig. Man, that's only enough time to eat a Kit Kat bar. Oh, I was thinking I'd take dumps longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> like, man. <laughs> 15 minutes is like nothing. That is no time at all. If I tell Wilson, like, if he's sitting there watching a YouTube video or of whatever channel he's on, I say, hey, 15 minutes. He's like, oh, only 15 minutes. Like, that's not even enough time to get through his episode that he's watching. Right. Like, that's insane. That is it's... no time at all. I want to was... know what, like, what is happening are they are they just checking the box? This feels like they walk in, they grab a cup of coffee, they do some networking. Somebody says, "All right, everybody, take your seats. We're going to get started." Forty minutes into this, right? So this has probably mm-hmm. been forty minutes of meet and greet. Let's say thirty. Give them a break. Okay, so they get thirty minutes to meet and greet and grab a cup of coffee. Everybody pulls up their chair. They open their folios, and then what happens? <laughs> like what? Like, is I, going I can't on? imagine. I can't imagine being so upset after 15 minutes that you're just like, no, I'm done. I'm out of here. Like, mm-hmm. like that's still longer than some meetings have gone because the last one before the lockout happened was seven minutes. Yeah. 
before they're like, no, done, peace out. Like, I can't imagine being so upset after seven minutes or 15 minutes that you have to leave. I mean, the, I agree with you. That this, so this is what I think. <laughs> this is the story I tell myself. Okay. <laughs> okay. My brain makes up these narratives, and it says, it says they walk in, they sit down, they say, let's get started, yada, yada. They get started, and Rob Manfred says whatever he's going to say. Thank you all for coming. And somebody goes, you're stupid. <laughs> Boo. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Booing from the back of the conference room. That's right. And the, it's the players' reps. <laughs> it's Max Scherzer's back there going, blowing raspberries or something. So and then, <laughs> then what happens is Manfred tries to keep his cool, and then this just escalates. And we basically get the same thing, and they go around the bases. You see what I did there? They go around the bases. Everybody takes a turn blowing raspberries at Rob Manfred. That would take 15 minutes. That would take 15 minutes. But most of these are going on over Zoom. Like, very few meetings have gone on in, per- in person. Ugh. So, it could be even worse than that. It could be somebody refusing to mute, sitting in the back, just, boo, boo. <laughs> and while Manfred's trying to talk, he's like, how do I mute this guy? And he has no idea what's going on. I'm like, I can't, can somebody help me mute him? Like, I don't, and all the owners, they're all old guys. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know how to mute him. I, mean, I don't, I have no idea what's going on. And it's just, it's just like you said, Max Scherz are sitting in the back, booing, <laughs> the whole time because he knows they can't mute him or kick him out of the Zoom meeting. That they can't kick him out. Oh, oh that would be. Can you imagine <laughs> if they kicked out a player rep from the CBA negotiations? Oh it my would gosh. be pandemonium. All, and so you wonder, like, what are these people getting away with because they know they can? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And that that might be why it only lasts fifteen minutes. You might be right could be on to something there break i don't know but it's just fun to think was, about it that way <laughs> yeah it is but one of the results of this meeting only going 15 minutes was that mlb came out and officially postponed spring training games until at least march 5th um now i thought this was interesting because the the players association came out immediately after with a rebuttal and said they don't have to postpone anything yeah there is no need to postpone games and i'm kind of like okay like they don't have to today, but if there's no deal by tomorrow, how right. are you going to be playing games this weekend? You can't. Exactly. You have to push them back. So yeah, it, it makes sense did. that they did. Am I upset about it? Yes. Do I understand? Also, yes. Right. You know, yep. so especially somebody who lives 10 minutes from a spring training facility, you know? Yeah. I was really looking forward to it, but I feel like since I think I said this before that I feel like since we moved, stuff is like as my dad says, the fecal matter has hit the whirling device as far as <laughs> baseball goes, and I just haven't had it readily as readily available as I was hoping <laughs> since yeah, we moved true. down here to the Phoenix area because 2020 you didn't get to, get to go to any games last year's spring training. It was so limited that if you didn't get on on the first five minutes and buy a ticket, you were not going to a game. That's right, you know, and then. And then we were they were full capacity by May over at Chase Field, but still, you know, it, so we got to go to several, but still, it was like, man, when are we going to actually get to go to a game? And now spring training, just it's not going to happen. So yeah, it's frustrating. It's real, and and you know what? At this point, it really won't happen. You're right, it won't because they say that they're going to start meeting every single day. Because uh, if they, they said this is again from the league, 
said that if they don't have a deal by February the 28th, they have to push back opening day. Yeah. And so, that, again, feels kind of arbitrary to me because you only need – I mean, I guess you technically need, what, three, four weeks of spring training Yeah. to start the season. But the players and owners agreed to a condensed summer camp in 2020 before starting the season. That was, what, two weeks? Yep. I think it was two weeks. Two and change, two couple of days maybe, but – Yeah, yeah. Here's what kills me, and I know you and I have talked about this before, but why why is it only now that we're meeting every single day? How yes. come it wasn't last time? Today's you know, meeting is their seventh meeting. Seventh. <laughs> Since December 2nd, we have gone past. This has gone on for at least 80 days now. We're I beyond think I saw the 80-day mark. I think today was mark. 80. I think I saw today was like 85 days. It's insane. It's insane. Like, they In this CBA, what they ought to do is say, okay, if next time we have to negotiate this, we do not have a deal for the first three meetings. And those can be broken up however you want. Then we have to go to every day until we work it out. They should. I agree. And you cannot call in a federal federal mediator. If you say you're going to bring in a proposal, you have to bring it out, bring it in, and not bail on it. Yeah. Because I've, I, I honestly, Brig, I feel like the owners are just filibustering this entire time. Yep. That's all this is. They're just like, you know what? If we can push this back, push this back, guys are going to start missing out on paychecks. And once they start missing out on paychecks, that bottom half of the league that has under three years of service time is really going to start to feel it. And they're going to put start to try to put pressure on the other guys, right? Yeah. Especially the top guys. But I don't know, man. It's, it's wrong. It is wrong. It's incredibly if that's wrong. What's happening, and, and, it's icky and, and wrong. It does. It does feel like that's what's going on. What's going on? And we, we've talked about it before. The players are saying that Rob Manfred doesn't do anything in good faith. No, no doubt. Well, so I wouldn't be surprised. The other thing, and we brought this up. I think it was two weeks ago. <clears throat> but Manfred is beginning to feel like a patsy here. It's beginning he to is. feel to us like we we're watching him be played as the middleman. And they're going to let him go down with the ship. And as soon as this bad boy is done and wrapped up, however it ends up going, he they're they're gonna they're gonna just toss him. They're, he's gonna yeah, be done. Exactly. And and for those of you who don't understand exactly what that means as the patsy, because I because Brig, when you said that, I was kind of like, yeah, he does. But then I kind of clicked this last week that I was like, okay, they brought him in because of his expertise in labor negotiations and relations, right? Right. Yep. Like they're like, okay, we need somebody who is an expert in this stuff to get us through this CBA because this is a really big deal. This has been boiling for a long time. We, I mean, we talked about this in one of our very first podcast episodes nearly three years ago that we saw this coming. Yeah. If major league baseball didn't see this coming, they're blind or, right? or you know, d- deliberately <laughs> misinformed. I mean, you have yes. to be so stupid. This is their full-time job. This is their livelihood. For many of them, this is their legacy. I do not understand mm-hmm. a world where these people do not care about the outcome of this to the point where they're unwilling to play ball at all. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. get it. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So then, so then Brig and I have decided, basically decided that like they've seen the negative impact that Rob Manfred has had on the league. And I'll, specif- I'll go on that in just a little bit because there's, there's some stuff there too. Yeah. Uh, as far as that ev- evidence goes. But once this is all over, they're like, okay, you're not good for the league. You got us through the CBA. You're gone. Yeah. He'll and be the, the league will guy. be, the league will be better for it. Like, yep. I'll be the first to admit it. But the fact that like, this is the only reason he's here and we've had to deal with this for this long, like keep him as an advisor. 
No. <laughs> don't make him the man in charge. Don't don't even keep him as an advisor. He couldn't even handle investigations. Well, I mean, like, I mean, be, rather than promoting him to to the commissioner, oh, just yeah, keep him right. on as an advisor or something, some kind of consultant within that role. Yeah. So that he can be like, okay, this is the way you need to negotiate, Mister Commissioner. But I'm not going to be making any major decisions because I'm not capable of that. You know who's been awkwardly silent and removed from all headlines is Joe Tory. Yeah. Like, where is Joe Tory? How come I haven't heard anything from Joe? Not one thing. I was hoping he'd be a voice of reason in all this, but that, but they might not want to hear from him because he's a former player. Or they might not want to hear from him because they're ready to saddle him up as soon as Rob is gone. And what they're going to do is they're going to say, let's bring in somebody you people trust. Former player, former manager, wildly successful, was involved in... Uh, in, in the years when a lot of this stuff was being negotiated pretty pretty roughly and mm-hmm. and here's here here's what we're gonna do to to make peace that's probably what the owners are thinking I wouldn't be surprised could be yeah but um but so this is something I alluded at just a minute ago is that Brig and I baseball family I'm talking to the audience here real quick Brig we were uh, we were curious about the value of major league baseball teams since Rob Manfred took over. And yeah. then wanted to compare that to the value of NFL and NBA teams as well. So I did some searching online. I found um, this website called Statistica did these, just broke it down pretty simply with some graphs. And as somebody who took calculus three times and still doesn't super understand it, this actually made sense to me. <laughs> so <Yes. laughs> I was actually able to make sense of what was going on here. So what we see, though, is that uh, if you look at the line that's drawn as far as like the value of the teams, everything, everybody took a bump in 2016. Everybody bumped up across all the leagues. But what we see with the NBA and the NFL is that they're continuing to see basically exponential growth. Right, Brig? I mean, yep. from what I saw, is that if you draw that line, it's going to continue to go up towards the top of the paper. The problem that we have is that since Rob Manfred has taken over, we're starting to see a little bit of a plateau. It's more of a hilltop with Major League Baseball. That it's still going up. Those teams are still growing in value. And, Brig, you talked about this last uh, last week that, yes, the value of the teams is, are going up. Rob Manfred says it's better to put your money in the stock market. Um, yeah. Oh, my god. While that's not necessarily true today, it might be next year because it's it's starting to plateau a little bit. That Instead of going up, it's starting to flatten out at the top. And that's the problem baseball has, and we've seen that since Rob Manfred has taken over. And his inability to get the season going during the pandemic when it could have just been like, everybody's starved for sports. Let's just have baseball on. Instead, yep. we're still watching Korean baseball while Major League Baseball is trying to figure out what they need to do, get, do to get the season started. Yep. And then the NBA started up before that. So, <sighs> been problems. And I've taken a week and a half off of talking in front of a mic break, in case you didn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me jump in here, Brad, and Go tell it. you that you're not wrong, and we're all upset, just to back you up on that. Because it's becoming, it's becoming truly worrisome. I mean, the longer we go without baseball in the backyard, right, it, the, the, worse, yeah. the worse it's going to be on the sport, on the economy of baseball, all the way down the line. And we're going to start losing fans at every generational gap. It, it doesn't, it's going to not matter very quickly if they don't pull yeah. this thing together. Except well, for the one redeeming factor here is minor league baseball. And I cannot stress that enough. Baseball family, 
you have got to go out to your minor league baseball teams this year and support those people because they're not going to let you down, and we can't let them down either. That's my public service thing, announcement. And same thing with your college baseball teams, too. Yeah, go watch college ball. Yeah, it's it's going on right now. They had opening day this last weekend, and it was it was fun to watch some of that stuff. It was yeah. it was it's a good time. Um, but man, oh, you were talking about the economics supporting baseball. This is the last thing I have on this is that my wife Mel, my wife and I were talking about this the other day, and and she's like, you know, those restaurants over around the where the Mariners and Padres play spring training at the Peoria Sports Complex. She's like, they're empty. Yeah, the hotels are empty. Like that's that's a big deal. Some of those restaurants, especially some of the small vendors like the food trucks and stuff, they yeah. make a year's worth of revenue in a month and a half during yeah. spring training games, and they're not getting any of that right now. Yeah, no like doubt. That's a really big deal. And for these billionaires to claim being too poor to pay their baseball players, like, I'm sorry, but you got to think about other people besides like your penny pinching and stinginess because you you bought into this thing to begin with. And I understand you, you can't just toss your money around and stay rich, but at the same time, though, like you made a commitment to a lot of people and you're not fulfilling that to anybody. That's yeah. the issue. That's like the big issue I'm having here. Yeah, I agree with you. It so. feels so selfish. Mm-hmm. And I know it's theirs, yep. right? They can do whatever they want with it. I got it. But there has to right, be a level yeah. of stewardship involved. There just does. Yeah. It goes beyond responsibility. It's not responsibility yeah. anymore, it's stewardship. Like, mm-hmm. it's the same with tanking. That's not stewarding your responsibility. That's not stewarding your ball club. And it's just yeah. really upsetting that they're not taking a larger stance on this. And I want to know what is going on in the minds of the owners. Large market, small market, even middle market teams. Like, they probably all have certain things that they're unified on and other things that they're not. Right? Like, what is Arizona saying that disagrees with what's going on in New York? And what things are bringing them together and they all agree on. You know, I don't know. I want to know these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. Yep. It is a problem. But right. I will say this. The last thing here. It only takes 32 owners. Or, sorry, 20, 22 owners. Because there's not 32 owners. Where I was like, what? Um, <laughs> it takes 22 owners to ratify the CBA. You can have eight vote against it. That's right. And you're good. Yeah. So. There is that on the plus side, which I feel like there are probably six or seven really big markets in Major League Baseball. So, anyway. Yeah, moving totally on. Agree. We have a pretty significant, I feel like, retirement that was officially announced the other day. Ryan mm-hmm. Zimmerman, Mr. National, the first player ever drafted in the Nationals organization, retired this week. Correct. Um, I, think he, I think he had said that he was planning on it going into the season. This was going to be his last year, but then he officially made the announcement official, as you would say, Okay, that he <laughs> he is done playing baseball. Um, Brick, do you think Mr. National is a Hall of Famer? Yep. Oh, that quick? Yep. Do <sighs> <laughs> I don't know. He's only got, he's only got two... All-star games, all-star appearances. Yeah. Never finished top 10 MVP. He did have a significant role on that team that won in 2019. I'll give him that. Yep. But he was also, like, mostly what that was is veteran leadership. Right? Yeah. That he was the rock in the clubhouse. You're right. It doesn't. Because we talked a lot about uh, about intangibles. X-Factor, yeah. He does have... 
he does have a gold glove, two silver sluggers. Um, I'd put him in the Hall of Very Good. I wouldn't put him in the Hall of Fame. How's that? Yeah, he's gonna get in though. You think? Do you think he's actually like legitimately gonna get in? Yeah, he's like, gonna get, get in, into get the Hall in. of Fame. Yeah, it might be the Culture uh, Club, but he's getting in. It might be the ninth or year, tenth year on his ballot uh, eligibility, mm-hmm. but he's gonna get in. This dude's going to the Hall of Fame. His Honestly, career so, war is forty point one. Yeah, but he played for fifteen years. Sixteen, and this is this is my thing. <laughs> Sixteen years. Sorry, this is my thing though. Is that if they had put him, in, had him go through their minor league season, even minor league system, even a year, he probably would have been better than he was. Even, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was drafted right. and went straight to the big club. Yep, and he played twenty games that season in two thousand five. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't have him going in, but I won't complain if he does because I like him. So I like him too. That? Very good. Excellent. Um, we have another potential future Hall of Famer uh, chiming in on something. This is not necessarily baseball-related, uh, only kind of. But Josh Donaldson says that Major League Baseball has the only legitimate all-star game among the four major sports in North America. Um, <laughs> I oh, can't say I disagree with him. <laughs> Even though, like, legitimate, like, it's all relative, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, he did call out the NHL. You know, he did say the NHL has a does a pretty good job, but he says the, uh, otherwise. And that was that had a, the air of a caveat in it in how he approached it. He was like, "Yeah, yeah. but the NHL's eh, it's all right." But he was talking about NBA and the NFL specifically are a bunch of BS. <laughs> well, the NFL, like the Pro Bowl, is a joke, especially like they straight up like. Pulled out the clown noses and everything this year, and legitimately played two hand touch with pads on. Yeah, like there was a dude who got touched, and the referees blew the whistle. Yep. So, and there were there were a lot of people who were really upset about that. And I stopped watching the Pro Bowl for a long time, like a long, long, long time ago. Yeah, I think, years. Yeah, I think that the final nail in the coffin for me was when Jeff Saturday came out and uh, and switched teams for a play. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's like you're not even pretending now. Like you gotta at least pretend. <laughs> well, I like and I the love Jeff Saturday. I love Peyton Manning. Yeah. What's that? I like the skills competitions and everything leading up to it, like the the festivities and the carnival atmosphere and stuff like that around the Pro Bowl. Yes. It's pretty cool. And I think they, as as far as production value goes, it's they do a good job, um, mm-hmm. and they give that to the audience who that can't be there in person as best they can. And that they do a good job with, but you're right. Uh-huh. As far as the game is concerned, it's just total buffoonery. <laughs> buffoonery is the perfect way to describe it. Um, I think baseball needs to tap more into the skills competition stuff though. Like just oh, having yeah. the home run derby. Like I love the home run derby. Don't get me wrong. We talk about this all the time, but at the same time, like let guys show off some of their defensive ability. Um, have the pitchers go out there and, and don't have them throw as hard as they can, but have them throw like tic-tac-toe or something in yeah, the strike zone. Accuracy you know? competitions. Yes. Yeah. And have, have outfielders throw into a bucket from the outfield. Like, yeah. That stuff would be truly impressive because I feel like there are a lot of, uh, armchair managers who, or outfielders who would be like, Oh dang, you know, I can't do that. Right. You know? Yep. I agree with you. And and so. I, was it Josh? Might have been Josh Donaldson or somebody else. I can't I think it was Josh Donaldson in the same storyline, the same thread he tweeted. He said 
that the NBA's the gravity is the only defense <laughs> in the NBA All Star game. <laughs> Seriously though, <laughs> he's the, so so <laughs> Brig. So I was I had a couple free bets on DraftKings DraftKings this weekend. So yeah, I was like, oh okay, right. like where do I want to put them? I was looking around, and I ended up putting money on the uh, some money on the three point contest because I was like, that's the only legitimate thing. Yeah, of NBA's yeah, exactly. All Star Weekend. The dunk contest is completely suggestive. And I, I almost put money on the over-under on the actual game. It was like, I want to say it was over-under 263.5. So if they scored a total of, or, uh, oh, sorry, it was like 323. is over-under 323.5. So if they scored over 323, over 324 or more, than I would have won on the over. Uh, 323 or less, I would have won if I chose the under. Mm. So... I was I was looking at that. I was like, honestly, it's so unpredictable that there is no way for me to know. And Brig, they scored three hundred and twenty-three total points in that game. Oh, 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 <laughs> it was unreal. Oh, 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 <laughs> How did they get that spot on in a game where gravity is literally the only defense, and Steph Curry's out there scoring fifty some odd points? Yeah, exactly. It was unreal. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I just I saw the final score last night and cracked up. It was so funny. That's really funny. <laughs> also, everything you said was just like gambling, gambling, gambling numbers. Numbers. And we'll get there. I know. That's why I'm. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many other people in our baseball family have no idea what you said. Over, <laughs> under, and plus and minus, and these many three twenty what I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Anyway. Um, okay, we have a couple more things here, Brady. Yeah, so first do. off, Juan Soto, it came out before the lockout, turned down a bag of money, $350 million over 13 years. Not only is that a bunch of money, that is a long time. The guys are looking for long-term deals because it, it gives them security. Right. Whether, they're gonna be, whether he's going to be playing with the Nats or somebody else in 10 years, he has a contract for 13 years, which... I can appreciate it as somebody who has done contract work for yeah. a year, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, like, yeah, dude, get that, get the security because that's what you want. But he turned it down. He, he did. Turned it down. And said he's looking for $500 million. <laughs> now, he is represented by our friend, Scotty B. Yeah. Um, so, of course, he's looking for more money than Mike Trout. Um, yeah. But Brig. Would you give Juan Soto five hundred million dollars? Uh, I have to qualify my answer. <laughs> okay, because I have a yes and a no scenario. Okay, currently, if I'm the Yankees, absolutely not. If okay. I was able to offload Giancarlo Stanton, then yeah, mm. I probably would. Yeah, that's a that is a fantastic caveat. Okay, so I have, I have one with mine as well. Ooh, five hundred million dollars over thirteen years. No, I would not. But at twenty three years old, currently, if he if he says I want five hundred million dollars over fifteen years, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, that's a slam dunk. Yeah, because that's only thirty three million dollars a year. Yeah, exactly. If he goes over 13 years, that's up to 38, which, you know, is like, it's all relative. But still, that $5 million you could give to role players during that time. Yep, that's right. So, yeah, and especially, like I said, at 23, his his swing is going to age well. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, man, it's going to be one of the most beautiful things on planet Earth when he's that in 13 years. Yeah. Yeah, so you're still going to want him at 13, 14, 15 years. Yeah, you're you going to want him in your lineup, especially if you're a contender. Especially so, yeah. with the universal DH. It won't matter where he goes now. He'll yep, be able exactly. to hang tough anywhere. Yep. Yeah, the Nats could have themselves their, their DH for the last five years of his contract and yeah. not have to worry about that at all. Or the Mets. Or the Mets. The Mets <laughs> are looking to spend a bag, you're right. They are. That's true. They really are, and it would be a great market. For him, it would be a great club for him. I think the presence that he would bring to the team under Buck Showalter would be literally a match made in heaven. And the the talent he would be surrounded by, the way they're building it and have for the last couple of years, I think he could be a powerhouse in Queens. I think you're right. I hadn't really considered that as a landing spot, but I think you're right. That could yep. be a really good spot for him. That's what I think. Um, yeah. Dang. Okay, so we were talking a little bit of gambling just a minute ago. We're going to get into a little bit more right here. So I saw an article that said that the World Series odds are already shifting uh, despite there not being any activity among teams. Okay, Right. So yeah. so real quick, before we get into this, so when you're, when you're betting for futures and things like that, they're going to give you they, – obviously they give you odds and how much they pay out. So the Dodgers started at plus 600, which means that if you bet $100 on the Dodgers to win the World Series – you would win $600. Basically 6 to 1 odds. This well, upcoming World Series. Yes, this year, 2022. Like we haven't even we don't even know if there will be baseball. And exactly you can still right. bet on the Dodgers winning the whole thing at a 6 to 1 odds. Yep. Yep, this is according to um, the score bet. Okay? Wow. So this this the score app that we reference all the time, they have their own betting app. It's very limited, but they have they've set up their own odds. Um, so the Dodgers have gone from plus 600 to plus 550. So basically five and a half to one odds to win the World Series. The Astros have gone from plus 900 to plus 700. The Mets, Brig, who you were, the aforementioned Mets, oh. have gone from plus 1,000 to plus 1,800. Whoa. So they've gone from 10 to 1 to 18 to 1. Dang. So their odds have decreased. Now, yeah. there was one team in particular. This is why I want to talk about this because I thought this was really, really interesting. That they brought up, the Angels started at plus four thousand. Whoa! So forty to one odds to win the World Series. They have jumped, no, nay, skyrocketed to plus eighteen hundred, eighteen to one odds. Whoa! What happened? What changed? I don't know because Mike Trout hasn't gotten healthier in the last two weeks. No. Uh, Anthony Rendon hasn't gotten healthier in the last two weeks, and there hasn't been any change in Shohei Otani's status in the last two weeks. I don't know why they would have jumped that much. That's insane. Like, like what? And the Angels have never done anything to show me that they should be plus 18,000 18, or 1,800. Like, that's insane to me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know anything about gambling, but I can tell you that makes no sense. <laughs> It's absolutely nuts that they jumped that much. I, I was, my head almost exploded, Brig. I couldn't believe it. That's that's insane. That I mean, that's legitimately insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, your your little bit of ex- of gambling advice this week, Brig. Don't put money on the Angels at plus eighteen hundred because a that's not good value and b it's not going to happen. So. <laughs> Thanks, and with Brad. that baseball family, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to go through our New York Mets Mount Rushmores. 
The Nonther Sports Podcast is the home of sports talk for everyone. Every other week, you can catch David and Jason as they talk about all things sports. From current events to classic moments and everything in between, you can find the Nonther Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and more. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Welcome back, baseball family. We are going to get into our picks for the Mets, Mount Rushmore. And it's a little bit interesting because this is something we brought up a little bit in the previous segment. Not by plan, it just kind of happened. <laughs> we are going to talk about who we believe you cannot leave off the list when discussing the franchise, the New York Mets. So, baseball family, before we get into our picks, I have to lead with a few statisticals for you. The New York Mets have been around for 60 seasons. 1962 was their inaugural season. They continue to play today. They have a win-loss record of 480. That puts them at 4,551 wins all-time and 4,927 losses all-time. They've had nine playoff appearances in their 60-season existence, five pennants, and obviously two world championships. They have retired numbers for five of their players. Uh, Jackie Robinson is obviously number six on that list, and they have two people named with their, uh, their initials. Are, are retired. We have Ralph Kinnear uh, as the announcer and William Shea, who's actually the namesake of the ballpark Shea Stadium. Yeah, very good. Before we get into our nominations for the Mount Rushmore, uh, I have the team name Origin for you, Break. Are you ready for this? Hell yeah, man. I didn't know you were bringing the heat today. That's oh. awesome. Oh, yeah. Bringing it, for sure. Okay, so, so the Mets have only been a franchise since the 60s. And one of the popular things I, I remember seeing as, as I've gone through and looked at some of these is that in the 60s and 70s, they're letting fans vote on the name of the team. And this is no different with the Mets. Uh, they got a chance to vote for among 10 finalists. This is according to TeamNameOrigin.com again. Uh, they get to choose between the Avengers, Bees, Burroughs, Continentals, Jets, NYBS, not sure what that means, Rebels, Skyliners, Skyscrapers, and you guessed it, the Mets. It says there is some history behind the Mets' nickname as there was an American Association baseball club that played in New York during the 1880s called the Metropolitans, and that was shortened to the Mets. So don't let anybody tell you the Mets are actually called the Metropolitans because they're not. Like they used to, like that's a former thing, but they are actually the Mets, 100% the Mets. So I thought. I thought that was actually a really interesting thing. And I think, honestly, if they had gone with uh, Avengers or uh, I think Continentals would have been cool, I'd have been completely satisfied with those. And something real quick, Brig, before we move on, uh, the Jets is really interesting to me as well. Because if, so if you think about it, New York fan bases are are broken into like two groups altogether, right? As far as baseball football and hockey because i feel like on one side you've got your yankee fans your giants fans and your rangers fans and then on the other side you've got your mets fans jets fans and islanders fans right so it would have been interesting to have the mets be called the jets because of 
associated Jets fandom. I don't know. That, that was interesting to me. But That's cool, man. I like that a lot. All right. Let's go ahead and get into it. Do you want to lead us off here, Brig? Yeah, sure, dude. I'd love to. Sounds All right. Who you got? So this is a tiered list for me, um, and baseball family, just a reminder, Brad and I don't collaborate on this at all. We don't share any of our picks back-to-back. We often uh, overlap on a number of things, but um, so I'm going to get into this. This is a ranked list for me. Usually I don't do that. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm going to talk about a guy who is a seven-time All-Star, two-time Silver Slugger Award winner, two-time Gold Glover. Um, nicknamed Captain America or D-Dub. The guy's got a 49.2 career war, and uh, his slash line is impressive as well. He's got a 296 batting average just uh, to let, you know, to get that one out of the way. But I'm going to go with third baseman David Wright, actually. that's that He's going to be my, my number one pick. Played all. Solid choice. He was actually my runner-up. Oh, no way? That's yeah, awesome. Yep. I actually was a huge David Wright fan when he was playing. I really liked him a lot. Yeah, very he cool. He was fun to watch. 14 seasons with uh, in the bigs and all of them uh, with the New York Mets organization. So, for me, that kind of longevity goes a long way, and I really appreciate franchise guys. I always have. Um, finished MVP voting mm-hmm. at least three times in the top ten. There's, uh, there's the fourth time right there, so... Like I said, it is, and he All-Star. was part of the team in 2006 that lost in the NLCS. Um, I think I think he was a big part of the reason that they actually made it that far. Because I remember getting um, getting MLB the Show in 2007 and being like, and I didn't really know who David Wright was at the time. Like, wasn't super familiar with him. I was like a Mets player on the cover. Oh, <laughs> David Wright. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna lead off with um, Mr. Met actually. <laughs> <laughs> the mascot. You shut up right now. Are you serious? Uh, I am serious. <laughs> no. But <Brad's laughs> the making a mockery of the whole thing. <laughs> I'm I'm putting I'm putting the mascot on <laughs> on Mount Rushmore because there are very few mascots that are as recognizable as Mr. Met, the fanatic, and I don't know, you name anybody else that like you go to the you go to the stadium like I gotta get a picture with the mascot. Okay, right? that's true. Mr. Met for me would be one of them. So, I mean, it's it's really that simple. Is that literally they could make the logo for the team, Mister Met, and I don't think anybody would be upset about it. It's a hot take, Brad. So pretty hot take. Yeah, I got I got Mister Met. I love that you did that though. I'm against it, <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> Confused and proud of you all at the same time. <laughs> Baseball family, what do you think? Is this ridiculous? <laughs> or are you completely on board with this? <laughs> it's critical that you let us know. <laughs> All right. My first pick, Mr. Matt. Go ahead. Who you got? No stats? You don't need stats. Mr. Matt is an icon. He is an American treasure. <laughs> Mr. Matt belongs on the Mount Rushmore. Especially for okay, so real quick, Brig. This is part of it too. Is that like going through like a lot of the guys who were like top tier for the Mets? Like there weren't a lot of people who stuck around and played for that team for this franchise for a really long time. Yeah, that's true, right? But Mister Met has stuck through it all, been through the miserable <laughs> years of being a Met with the name <laughs> Met, and he continues to represent this team to be the bright spot in a otherwise downright dreary and dismal 
<laughs> environment. Let's be honest. I agree with you 100%. All right, go ahead. Be that next. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I got to go with a guy. Just just dig the con- the controversy here, baseball family. Let's let's hit it with some contrast. This guy's got a career war 52.9. Okay, his lifetime ERA is 3.51. He's won a Cy Young Award, Rookie of the Year, Triple Crown, four-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, Silver Slugger. He has an ERA title as well. Right-handed pitcher, Doc, Dwight Doc Gooden. Mm, you solid. cannot talk about the Mets without talking about Doc Gooden. You just can't. Yeah, and that's a, that's a solid pick. Like, absolutely. I mean, he was part of the Miracle Mets in the 86. He was, yeah. And you know what's funny is that I mostly remember him in Cleveland. He played Cleveland for two years. I know, but it's because that's when, like, I mean, okay, Yankees, and Cleveland. Those are the two that I recognize him most as. Because his last year as a Met was 94, and I was like 8, right? Yeah, right. And that was a shortened season. So I at that point, I was watching baseball but not recognizing guys. Totally. And I remember like when I was older having my mind blown and being like, Doc Gooden was part of the Miracle Mets? What? Yeah. But no, it's a solid choice. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate your validation. <laughs> he was with the New York Yankees for, I don't know, a fraction of a season. Four games in 2000. Okay, anyway. Yes. Well, he was also with the Yankees in 96 and 97. Was he? Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah, he was. Okay, there you go. Those yeah. are big years. Yeah, okay. So. Yeah, so I remember I, like, I remember him pitching in the World Series in 96. Yeah, yep, you're right about that. So And, and the thing that's funny is my dad is like, he's not as good as he used to be. <laughs> Like, oh, really? <laughs> I mean, the dude was on rocket fire. He was. Absolutely. Yeah. His, his 1985 but, ERA was 1.53. He had 24 wins that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was a, that was a Cy Young. He t- the year after he won. Games. Yeah. Oh. So he won the Rookie of the Year, and then he won the Cy Young the very next year. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing is that, man, if – we need to, we need to get into doing our what if episodes, Brig, because like Doc Gooden would be a what if he hadn't been introduced to cocaine. Agreed. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah, because those those beginning Mets years were unreal, and Same then with, it just kind of tailed. Same with Daryl Strawberry. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. exactly All right. right. Who, who's next on your list? All right. This might be a little bit controversial. I don't know how much so. Um, but I'm going to actually go with a current player who is one of my favorite guys to watch. Oh no. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing it, Brig. I'm doing it. I know you are. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so this guy, so this guy was, it's interesting because he started off his career really well and then he cut his hair and he got even better and it was just unreal. Like, I don't know how it happened, but Jacob deGrom belongs on my Mets Mount Rushmore. He, yeah, he's my Uh, runner up. He's my honorable man. Is he? Yeah, yeah, and I and I get it because he's only like this is the thing that's crazy. He's only been in the league eight years, right? Yeah, and he missed significant time this last year because of uh, uh, an elbow injury. But like in in fifteen starts, he had a one point zero eight ERA. In two thousand eighteen, he led 
the league with a 1.7 ERA, and he started 32 games. And even better, he only had a ten and nine record. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> because those Mets were so bad. No. But he won the Cy Young in two thousand nineteen as well, the two point four three ERA again, thirty two starts. And and he led the league at two hundred and fifty five strikeouts. Twenty twenty he led everybody in with hundred and four. He probably would have led the league again this year if he hadn't gotten injured because he was just blowing everybody away. It's like the dude is insane. He's throwing hundred and three and then he's throwing you know, a wipeout slider that's coming in at ninety three. It's like how do you even hit that? That he was down in the minor leagues for this is one of my favorite things from this last year. He was down in the minors for a um, for a rehab assignment, right? Yeah. And I think it, I think it was the Jack was it the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp? <laughs> they tweeted out, "Jacob Degrom is down for a rehab assignment. Please send help." That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you're gonna need it. <laughs> Surprised he didn't strike out 15 over over five innings. But That's exactly right. <laughs> Face the minimum. <laughs> yep. Well, and I think I'm doing some research off the cuff right now really fast, but they're, winning back-to-back Cy Young awards is not a common occurrence, obviously. So we've got right. – he, he fits under this uh, – he fits into this group. It's obviously Jacob DeGrom. Max Scherzer did it in 16 mm-hmm. and 17. Clayton Kershaw mm-hmm. did it in 13 and 14. Um, Tim Linicum for the Giants Linticum. did it in uh, 08 and 09. Randy Johnson, the D-backs, 99, uh, and then 2002. I don't know what the gap is there, but I guess he had them back-to-back. Pedro Martinez, um, Roger Clemens. Sometimes we don't talk about him. Greg Maddox, we talk about him a lot. (laughs) Jim Palmer. I mean, this is a huge list of of incredible players. Denny McLean, Sandy Koufax. That's it. That's the whole list. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Well, and, and I did fail to mention he has won a rookie. He did win rookie of the year as well. Yeah. So and and he's he's the guy. Anytime you're like, well, can a pitcher win an MVP, or should we just put the pitchers in our own group because of Cy Young? Because you know, should a pitcher be able to win the MVP? And this, it's because of J- Jacob Degrom we have that conversation. Yep, I agree with you, and I think they should be able to win MVP. I think they should too. If somebody's as dominant as he is, as he is, he ought to be able to win all the awards. Yep. Yeah, I think so. that's great. I I love it. Like I said, he was my runner-up. Yeah, and I get like maybe why he didn't put him on there because, like I said, he's only been in the league for eight years. He's got several years left to go. Um, he's only in this will be his age thirty-four season. Yeah. And I would like to think I'd like to see him pitch for another six years or so, but I just don't know if the elbow's going to hold up. Yeah. But anywho, let's take a quick break. We get back. We're going to finish up our Mount Rushmore's. Welcome back, baseball family. Today we're going through giving our nominations or recommendations for the New York Mets Mount Rushmore. Uh, Brig has given two. I have given two, although one was apparently extremely controversial. Um, (laughs) And uh, (laughs) we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here. Brig, uh, go ahead and give us your next guy on your list. Okay. This guy is, I think, just, I mean, it doesn't even, this should be no question. Let me put it that way, okay? Uh, Career war, 59.5. Batting average career was 308. Um, With a grand, and this is my favorite statistic of his, a grand total career stolen bases, 17. That's my favorite. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, All-star MVP, 12-time All-star appearance in his 16 seasons in the league. He won the Rookie of the Year. He won a Silver Slugger 10 times. He is in the Hall of Fame, played for the Mets for eight of those 16 years. None other than arguably the greatest catcher of all time, Mike Piazza. That's that's a good choice. I almost went with Piazza, I'll be honest with you. I came yeah. really close. He's certainly the most offensively dominant catcher probably oh, ever. Oh, in the history. Like yeah. like you get you might have to compare him with like Johnny Bench. It, no, or, that's what I'm saying. Like that's it though. Or yeah, or even like maybe Yogi Berra, but that's a completely different era. So Totally different. But, no. but Johnny Bench is yeah. the only other comparison we can come up with. Yes. And Mike Piazza is the, is like the poster child for never give up, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like we can't talk about him without saying that he went in the 62nd round. Yeah, 62nd round in the draft and then won the rookie of the year. Yeah. And now he's in the Hall of Fame. And so the the reason I love that I get to include him on this list is because the Mets, the entire organization feels like Mike's career. There are yeah. flashes of brilliance, and you're like, oh, my, what is happening? This is so fun, so exciting, and there's the, the perennial underdog. And when, so when they win, it's huge, and everybody's rooting for them. They've got this blue-collar underdog thing all about them all the time, especially if you look into that 86 Miracle Mets situation. So fun, because that's all it was. Party animals, wild and crazy, <laughs> and somehow – they made it onto the field and could stand up. You know what I mean? Not just play baseball, not just win ball games, but just stand up alone was incredible. And um, so Mike Piazza, he just has this blue-collar work ethic. He's got this kind of underdog thing floating around him, even though he's no business being an underdog. He just started there and never left. And he was just kind of like the player's champ or the people's champ uh-huh. for a long time. And so that's why I love him. Is he he yes. just represents everything I think the Mets represent when they're really good. I think that's a perfect choice. Have you seen, I'm sure you've seen it, but the video of uh, Robin Ventura doing an impression of Mike Piazza during a rain delay? Yes, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen it, maybe we'll maybe we'll put a link to the tweet because it's, it's circulated regularly. It's fantastic, and I just, I love it. I watch it every single time I come across it because he does such a great job. It's not even exaggerated that much. No, it's not. It's, it's so good. It's so funny. I love every last second of it. Okay, Brad, who's yeah. your next on your list? All right, my next one is actually a guy who was was the top player on on the Mets for several years running. Um, he was actually the one of the best players um, the in the Miracle Mets. He was considered the best player on the team in '86, '84, and '83. Three oh, man. as well. Um, this guy is Keith Hernandez. Ooh. Um. So the f- the fact that you've got a guy who plays such a significant role on a team that wins a World Series is going to be a big thing with me. Like, yes, Dwight Gooden was considered was the top player on the '85 Mets. Like, there is no debating that at all. But Keith Hernandez also put together like the best years of his career when he was with the Mets. He played the second half of his career there, despite you know outside of 1990 finishing out his career with the Indians. But he was a three-time All-Star with the Mets. He was a runner-up MVP in '84, uh, finished eighth in '85, and finished fourth in '86. He has three Gold Gloves and 
in those three years, plus two more, so five total with the Mets, plus a silver slugger. Um, he did lead the league in strikeouts in 86, but he also uh, put together a 310 batting average, so I'm willing to forgive some strikeouts for that. <laughs> um, he hit he hit over 300 his first, what's this, uh, one, two, three, his first three years with the Mets, and he hit 290, and it just kind of went down, but you, you expect to see that with a guy who's 34, 35 at the end of his career, right? Yeah. So... So I feel like Keith Hernandez, with the role he played with the Mets in their success in those years, especially in 85, uh, is a guy who needs to be recognized on the Mount Great choice, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Good arguments. I did not include him, and now I'm wondering if maybe I ought to have. <laughs> well, if you've got the if – we, if we share the last guy, I'm not going to fault you at all for your Mount Rushmore. How can we not? Yeah, I think you're right. Go how, ahead. Why how can you we not something? talk about a guy who has a career war of one point or one oh nine point nine? We're talking about a pitcher with a career ERA of two point eight six, and that's after his forty one year year his age forty one season where he was throwing four point oh three at one t- at one point, four point three eight at a different point, and that same year on his third team threw three point eight zero at the <laughs> At, at his last, the the at the tail end of his last season, I mean the guy. Even with those numbers, the guy still has a career ERA of two point eight six. He's pitched six hundred fifty six games. That's awesome. The guy is in the Hall of Fame. He's got twelve All Stars. Um, he was part of the nineteen sixty nine World Series team, also referred to as the Miracle Mets. He's a three-time ERA title winner, three-time Cy Young Award winner, and he won Rookie of the Year his, uh, it, when he was 22 years old in 1967. This is Tom Seaver. Is that your guy? Mm-hmm. It's my guy. Yes. And one of the other things, too, that I love about Tom Seaver is he is the reason that Tom Brady is not allowed to trademark the term Tom Terrific. That's right. Because Tom Seaver is Tom Terrific. Yep. But, yeah, led the league in ERA three times. Strikeouts one, two, three, four, five times, all with the Mets. Hey, 20-year um, career, played 12 years with the Mets. It's awesome. Yes, and he's another guy. So he's so he played his last year, um, the year I was born. And so I am obviously familiar with zero of, like, zero of his playing time getting to actually watch him live. But I do specifically remember Brig. The year I was born, my dad bought me like a whole set of like Donruss baseball cards. Yeah, I remember going through that when I was uh, um, probably six or seven years old, whatever. And I got to Tom Seaver, and my dad goes, "You're going to want to hold on to that." Yeah, <laughs> that's a good, that's a great card. He was a great pitcher. That's <laughs> so, awesome. So that was my first introduction to Tom Seaver. And, that's cool. Uh, and it's always stuck with me ever since then. It's pretty cool. So it's a shame. But, so he played uh, with the Mets from '67 to 76 and then he bounced around a couple of teams went in 77 went back to the Mets for a period of seven you know he had seven games he started and then he went bouncing around a couple of other teams and he made it back to the Mets in 83 and then not during the 86 run and it to me it's just super sad obviously he's 41 years old that was his last season in the league but um, it just feels like a bummer that he's not included in both of their World Series victories because he could have been. Yeah, he he very well could have been if they had kept him around. He 
And I'm sure the fans would have loved to have him just like even in the bullpen, yep. uh, just as an emergency guy. I don't know, but have him on the roster somewhere to make that World Series run would have been would have been awesome. Yeah, but yeah, totally cool. But no, no, Very Tom Seaver no, he's undeniably the number one pick for me, and that's yes. why I said it's tiered. Like you can't you can't talk about the Mets without talking about Tom Seaver. You can't. Yep, I agree with you 100 percent, absolutely. And fun fact before we finish. Uh, the Mariners GM, Jerry Depoto. Yeah. Tom Seaver is his favorite player. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. One pitcher to another, but yeah. Anyway. Very cool. Well, baseball family, let us know what you think of our Mount Rushmore. Is I completely coming completely out of left field with Mr. Met? Or am I completely justified? I feel like I'm completely justified, but that's just <laughs> me. Uh, but let us know who you believe belongs on the New York Mets Mount Rushmore. Um Go ahead and send us a letter, or not a letter. We don't do letters anymore, Brig. We do emails in the mailbag. Uh, you can submit that by going to baseballtogether.com and click and clicking the link in the navigation, submit to mailbag, or the link in our link tree in the description. It's in there as long, along with all the other links you need to see as far as social media and things like that go. Yeah, baseball family, don't forget to jump on the shop at 9plusus.com. That's N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S.com. 9plusus.com is where you can buy a bunch of cool merch that we have. That's stuff that if we were doing video today, you'd be able to see that we were wearing. <laughs> but we're not, and, and we're very sorry about that. But I'm sure next week we'll be back with more fun shenanigans and cool t-shirts or hats that you can get on the shop. So don't forget to yes, jump on there sure. and do that. Yeah, I recently got myself a new perfect t-shirt. Oh, and yeah. dare I say, Brig, it is indeed perfect. Oh, it's fantastic. (laughs) Nailed it. But but baseball family, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Let us know how we're doing. We're always welcome to feedback because we want to make sure that we're giving you the best podcast that you can listen to or watch on YouTube, however you prefer. But baseball family, again, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your listenership and your support, and we will catch you next week. (laughs) 